Remember the good old days before Microsoft Word had autosave? You'd type up some important document and then your computer would freeze and you'd lose hours of work just because you forgot to hit save? Well, that's what it's like going online without ExpressVPN. Every time you're connected to an unencrypted network, whether it's in an airport, a hotel, a cafe, or anywhere, your online data is not secure. Any person on that same network who knows what they're doing can gain access to your personal data. Bank logins, credit card details, passwords, all the stuff you don't want people seeing. Unfortunately, hacking has become much easier than it used to be. People don't even have to be exceptionally skilled to do it, and there's a lot of money to be made by selling your information on the dark web. ExpressVPN stops hackers from stealing your data by creating a secure, encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet. It's incredibly easy to use. Once the app is running, you literally click one button to get protected. And it works on your phone, laptop, tablet, and more, so you can stay protected on the go. I've been using ExpressVPN for a little while now, and I can rest easy knowing my info is safe and secure. I've heard horror stories of people who've been hacked, and it sounds like a massive pain to try to get any resolution in the aftermath, so I am not interested in finding out what that process is like. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash slashfilm, and you can get an extra three months free. expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Home Daily for Monday, November 8th, 2021. On today's episode, we're going to discuss the latest film and TV news. This is Slash Film Editorial Director Peter Serretta, and joining me on today's podcast is Slash Film Senior Writer Ben Pearson. Hey, what's going on? Uh, a lot, actually. <laughs> ben, I want to thank yes. you for taking the reins last week. I was out. Um, Kitra's mom uh, passed away in Northern California, so we were up there. Um, with her in her last uh, few days, and uh, I'm probably going to be going back uh, in the coming weeks. So Ben will probably be taking over for me during that time. But um, I don't want to bring things down, so <laughs> let's, let's let's move on to um, movie news, and uh, you know, let's, let's talk about the fun stuff. I guess let's start first with Star Wars. Ben, you're going to tell me that like we're getting some good Star Wars movies coming, right? Like nothing bad <laughs> has happened. Uh, well, I regret to inform you, Peter, that uh, Rogue Squadron, the movie that Patty Jenkins was uh, lined up to direct, it has been actually removed from Lucasfilm's calendar and taken off of the production schedule altogether. So, uh, no, the answer is there, there's not good Star Wars movie news right now. Um, so this movie was supposed to be the first feature film since 2019's Rise of Skywalker, and now uh, we don't know what the future of this project really is. Uh, as far as we know, uh, according to this report, Patty Jenkins is still attached to make this movie. Um, but the movie was supposed to go into pre-production at the end of this year and start shooting next year for a 2023 release. And now that is not happening. So uh, the, the reason that it's supposed to be not happening is because of uh, Patty Jenkins' commitments elsewhere. And it's sort of unclear exactly what that means like you know we she has a deal to uh direct wonder woman 3 for warner brothers and i think she has a cleopatra movie set up at paramount but the timetable on those is a little bit sketchy and i'm not sure exactly if one of those has like you know leapfrogged over this star wars project you would think that somebody attached to a star wars movie <laughs> that that might be like the the most high profile sort of a you know first in line kind of thing but um i'm not sure what's happening so uh yeah, yeah what, we, uh, what is more important than star wars ben what is more important than star wars and also 
you think when when you announce a date, a release date, you have people well, this isn't always true, but like they announced the release date and they announced the project with her attached. So you'd think that they would have had the scheduling already figured out. Right. I yeah, know one would assume. Yeah, so I'm not sure if I buy that reasoning. And I know there's been a lot of, you know, controversy of things, you know, not always going right with development on uh, Lucasfilm. I don't know anything, so I, I can't say anything like that. But uh, I don't know. It, it worries me. So with this out of the running as the first Star Wars movie back, what does that mean? When are we going to get Star Wars on the big screen, Ben? Yeah, that's a really good question. I'm very curious to see if Lucasfilm slots something else into that December 2023 release date that that this movie originally occupied. Um, Taika Waititi is supposed to be making a Star Wars movie. Uh, Kevin Feige is producing a Star Wars movie that we don't really know in a single thing about. Um, so it's possible that those one of those projects could sort of slip in and take that release date spot. To me, the, this whole thing just uh, sort of underlines how important Lucasfilm knows that it is uh, to come back out of the gate really, really strong into the world of movies. Like, obviously, they've transitioned in a pretty significant way into streaming with, a, you know, The Mandalorian and all of the billion shows that they have announced that are that are coming up, um, you know, spinoffs and, and all sorts of that kind of stuff. But the movies, obviously, is where Star Wars began. And I know that, that the people at Lucasfilm, like, think very highly of the the uh the theatrical experience and all that kind of stuff too so um it, it just really the fact that this has been taken off and not like forced uh you know forced through production or you know hurried in any way or whatever i think is just like uh, it tells me more than anything else that they're like okay if there's even a hint that something could go wrong here or not be you know ideal circumstances in terms of making this movie we're just going to completely, you know, uh, wipe it off the board as an option right now because we want whatever the big movie is to be something that is uh, not controversial and just like gets people back <laughs> in the world of Star Wars in a big way. And that that's the message that I'm getting from this. But if they wanted something not controversial, judging by what has happened with Star Wars fandom in the past few years, would they have announced a female director? <laughs> Well, I mean, they've been talking for years and years and years about how they were going to, you know, hire a, a woman to direct a Star Wars movie. So that part felt inevitable to me. And I, I would like to think that they're above yeah. that level of uh, of um, listening to, to the masses. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Sure. Um, and, and we're not even masses, the, the, the vocal minority, I should sure, say. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I think a Rogue Squadron movie sort of hit that like on paper, that seems like the type of project that a lot of people would like. Um, you know, even yeah. if you if you look at the the divide of the uh, sequel trilogy, people who love and and hate uh, all three of those movies, um, I think a Rogue Squadron movie sort of strikes the right middle balance of like what a Star Wars project can be. And there's enough of a blank slate there where uh, I think a lot of people will go into that movie being very curious about it. Um, so I'm, I'm curious to see if they find something else that is as broad to replace this movie with on the calendar. Or, and I'm also curious if this movie ever ends up happening with Patty Jenkins behind the camera. Yeah. I, I just don't think these other projects are that far along. Like it, when we've heard from Taiko Atiti about his project, it seemed like he had not gotten that far into the script writing process. 
Yeah, I think you're so, right. So to begin pre-production later this year does not sound uh, promising, especially considering he's working on a big Marvel movie, which requires probably a lot of his time. Mm-hmm. And then on the other hand, Kevin Feige, we, we haven't heard anything about that mystery project. So I don't, I don't know. Uh, you know what? I like Star Wars television shows, but I, I want some more movies. So it, it, Disney, please get on this, <laughs> but, but make them good. So, uh, okay. Uh, One thing that happened this weekend that I wanted to bring up is they had the first screening of Paul Thomas Anderson's new movie, Licorice Pizza. And this took place in Westwood and it was for some Hollywood Guild members. I know there was some press there. I was not there, Um, but I think it was embargoed for press. But that didn't stop filmmakers and screenwriters from tweeting their reactions and the first reactions all sound very positive. J.J. Abrams, who isn't very active on Twitter, so this is very <laughs> unusual for him to uh, tweet something out. He says, truly incredible debut performances. There's a little better than going to a PTA movie. Be sure to see Licorice Pizza, November 26th. And uh, a bunch of people were praising Alana Ham. Is that how you pronounce uh, her last name, I think? Hmm. Um, yeah, that's a good question. I should know that, and I don't. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Um, uh, we, yeah, performances all over, like, were, like, in almost every single tweet uh, praising the performances. Riley Stearns said it's utter magic and continually unexpected. Wow. Ben David Grabinski said licorice pizza is perfect. Holy shit. Um, I don't always agree with Ben David's opinion on some movies, so I don't know. But it seems like everybody's saying like really really positive things which excites me because i'm a paul thomas anderson fan and i say that like he used to be like one of my favorite directors and i feel like in the the last few movies i've not loved his yeah you and i had a big conversation about this when the trailer for licorice pizza came out yeah but this looks like it's totally my jam so this is this is promising but at the same time if you're in the industry and you're at at a guild screening um, is there any incentive for you to tweet anything negative about seeing the movie? Probably not. So uh, we'll have to wait until we get some some critics, some when they're uh, not embargoed to say what they thought. Mm-hmm. But I are, are, does this make you more excited? Um, I mean, I, I think no, but I'm glad that these people are loving the movie that in, you know, in the way that they are, because like you just said, like they they don't really have a lot of incentive to say anything bad. And I think also there are so many people right now who are just like completely in the tank for whatever Paul Thomas Anderson does that. uh, And, and I am, I guess, not one of those people. I'm still like a fan of his on a project to project level, not like across the board, like I am for some directors. Um, so I'm, I'm yeah, cautiously optimistic and, and hoping that this is going to be one of those projects of his that I end up falling in love with. Surprisingly, that was not the biggest thing to come out of this weekend. Uh, this is the reason why I have you on this podcast today, Ben, I wanted you to talk about this Instagram post from Vin Diesel demanding that Dwayne The Rock Johnson returned to the Fast and the Furious franchise, uh, that they're going to bury the hatchet. Uh, Tell us about it. Peter, (laughs) I mean, you have no idea how pleased I was when I saw this was posted on Vin Diesel's Instagram uh, because it kicks off with four words that, um, that just, you know, it gave me such a delight. 
my little brother Dwayne is how this message begins. And like, if you know anything at all about the feud between Vin Diesel and Dwayne Johnson, which has been playing out since 2018 and very publicly recently, like more, more publicly than, than ever, I think in, in the, the past few months, like uh, Dwayne Johnson has been asked about it in several interviews and uh, for magazines and stuff. And he's done, he's talked about it a lot. Uh, he, Johnson also like recently within the past few weeks, said that he's not going to be in the 10th Fast and Furious movie. Like he was like, you know, congratulations to everybody. Like best of luck. I'm not going to be in that movie. Um, I'll be in the spinoffs and whatever is is sort of what he was getting at there. But he's like in no uncertain terms saying like, see you later. I'm done with the main Fast and Furious saga storyline. But Vin Diesel over this past weekend uh, begins an Instagram post. My little brother Dwayne, the time the time has come. The world awaits the finale of Fast Ten, uh, and he goes on to basically just like say, you know, come back to to be in this movie with us. Like he said, I swore that we would reach and manifest the best Fast in the finale. That is Ten. I say this out of love, but you must show up. Do not leave the franchise idle. You have a very important role to play. Hobbs can be played by no other. I hope you rise to the occasion and fulfill your destiny, which is just, uh, I mean, chef's kiff's perfect. Uh, like I couldn't fake write a Vin Diesel Instagram post better than that. So um, if nothing well, else, he is just leaning into uh, the, the bit very, very hard. So, so that opening line that made you so happy, my little brother, Dwayne, I mean, some people could see that as a pause that like he's calling him his brother, but the addition of little before yeah. brother uh-huh. uh, seems kind of condescending. There, oh, yeah, there's 100%. So much, by the way, did you see this photo? It's been photoshopped to make Vin Diesel bigger than Dwayne Johnson. Yeah, it's um, it's pretty hilarious. I, you know, that is not a screenshot from the movie because that screenshot of those two face to face in Fast Five was widely publicized at this time. It's very easy to find online, and you can just search for it, and you'll see it. And the image that Vin Diesel posted here is some sort of weird cropped version. Maybe it's because of the Instagram Square um, uh, restrictions. That's the the uh, generous read that you could give. But yeah, he has been altered in such a way where he he is taking up more of the frame than. Than Dwayne Johnson, which is just uh, you know, but you, again, you can perfect. move. I know Photoshop, Ben. You can move one person further into the frame. I, I understand what you're saying, without <laughs> making him bigger. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You absolutely could, Peter. But you're not Vin Diesel, and uh, and yeah. The, there's. I mean, this entire thing is just so hilarious. It's like it's the most pure version of just like a dick swinging, dick measuring contest. <laughs> Um, that, that we've had in like modern Hollywood history. I think I, I don't, I cannot think of another sort of feud that has been played out so openly and so brazenly, uh, across social media, across, you know, in, in involving like a major, major blockbuster franchise. Um, maybe there have been some things, you know, in the, in the world of TV or whatever, but this is like, this is big time franchise filmmaking here. And for two of the, you know, the biggest stars to be, uh, engaged in such a, <laughs> I don't know, in some ways, petty back and forth here uh, is just um, it's really phenomenal. I love this whole thing. I love it like almost as much as the movies. What do you think the sticking point is here? Like, obviously, the, uh, you know, Dwayne doesn't want to work with Vin, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but there's ways of writing the 10th film. Also, he says the finale is 10, but isn't there two movies coming up? 
it, that's really a case of semantics. I think uh, he said in the past that the tenth movie is going to be split into two parts. So he's and it's. I think it's going to be called well the title of the these movies. The the naming conventions is uh, is really wild. But um, it's supposed to be Fast Ten Part One and Fast Ten Part Two. So I think that's what he's just referring to it as a a single story to sort of cap off this saga. Yeah. Well, what I was trying to say is that you could film this two part 10 and have them in the same scenes and never actually be on set together. Right. So is it the money? Is it the control? Is it like, if you're Dwayne Johnson, are you worried about getting involved and having Vin Diesel as producer who can make you look silly in the end result like do you i think have- that's part of it yeah i think um you know you could do that but because this has been playing out in public in such a huge way i think if the two of them share scenes together people are going to know that that's digitally manipulated uh even if it looks perfect and that's going to sort of take you out of the movie so unless these two in public come to some sort of agreement and both sides say like we've buried the hatchet Dwayne Johnson is going to be in, you know, the, these movies and, and whatever. Um, I think like all of the fans know about this, like the, the fast uh, family, the, the, the fans of, <laughs> of this franchise are like so keyed into all of this stuff. Animally. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they, they know they're, they're reading all of these posts. They read all these articles that we write on slash film about this stuff. Like they, they know. So it's, it's not like something that is just some little niche behind the scenes tiff this is like a you know it's it's a story that is arguably as big as the story that they're telling in these movies so i yeah i mean well i I, I have a question for you ben then it's like you know the rock or dwayne the rock johnson comes from the world of pro wrestling and in pro wrestling there are things that started as real beefs behind the scenes and then because Everybody in wrestling knows that the fans, or, you know, there's some, there's a good percentage of wrestling fans that know what's going on behind the scenes. There's like newsletters, there's websites, there's all that stuff that covering it. Eventually, it's good to get those two people in the ring together, working with each other, even if it's being billed as kind of a, uh, what they would say, a shoot where you're like, you don't know what's going to happen and there could, stuff could go wrong. And so like, like it, it's better financially for everybody involved Mm. to eventually turn it into what they would call a work. So I'm wondering if there is something going on here of like being able to turn something that started out as like this real feud into something that could translate into, into the film and being a big media publicity for both of them in the movie and money for, you know, everybody involved. So my theory on that is in the mind of Vin Diesel, that is exactly what's going on. He, I think he thinks that all of this is just a game. And I think Dwayne Johnson is taking it deadly seriously. Like he is just completely fed up. That's the vibe that I get anyway. Um, I think he is just like, God, this guy is just driving me fucking crazy. Like I cannot stand it anymore. And I think Dwayne Johnson's or, and, and Vin Diesel, I think just really uh, is like, thinking that it's all just, you know, some big orchestrated that even though he's involved in it, I think he really is just like almost delusional enough to think like, ah, yes, everything will fall into place because it's destiny. It must, you know, all of this stuff. And and the rock is just like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm done with this whole thing. So, uh, 
yeah, I, I, I would not hold my breath that, uh, to see Dwayne Johnson in fast 10 personally, uh, even though I would love that. But, um, yeah, I, I think, I think it's kind of done. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on. Uh, Ben, happy Disney plus week. Oh, a whole week now, huh? Yeah, it's been turned into a week. By the way, I always wondered, like, what was it, what would it be like if you were born on Christmas or Halloween or Valentine's Day and, like, you had to share your birthday with this, you know, bigger thing that, like, you know, transcends you in every way because it's celebrated by many people across the globe. Um, never thought I would have that, Ben. But Disney Plus came out on my birthday and Disney has tried to, they haven't tried, they are, because they can do whatever they want. They've made that into a holiday, a yearly holiday. It's now turned into a week, Ben. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's, it's really exhausting. Yeah. Uh, last year, uh, <laughs> so many press members got cakes delivered to them on my birthday. I didn't get a cake from Disney Plus on my birthday, Ben. It was weird. Anyways, um, <laughs> Okay, uh, so as part of this week-long celebration to Disney Plus, the streaming service, they've started to do some announcements. And one of them is actually very cool. Uh, Disney has announced that they're going to stream 13 Marvel movies in IMAX expanded aspect ratio format on Disney Plus. And this is something I've actually been asking for for quite a long time because, you know, when you see a movie in IMAX, they they shoot the movie usually with a, a bigger frame so they can expand the top and the bottom of the screen. They, they finish the effects to fill that frame. I'm not sure if I don't, I don't think we'll ever really get an answer if you like, because when you talk to the filmmakers, they have an incentive to say like, you know, see an IMAX. Yeah. Well, I plan it in IMAX. I don't, I wonder what really is going on of like, are they actually planning for the 16 by nine? And then like the IMAX is just like, Kind of gravy on top of it yeah um so i'm not sure what they prefer but i can tell you as a as a film goer there's there's films like uh you know the dark knight or uh mission possible ghost protocol that i i think the imax ratio just made it so much more epic and until now you have been able to get some of those uh, the IMAX ratio format of the movie on Blu-ray, but it's never really been available on streaming. And now uh, 13 of the Marvel movies are going to be available on streaming. I'm not sure how this is possible. If they, I'm guessing they had to like strike a deal with IMAX to, um, <laughs> to, to bring it over. Mm-hmm. Um, but Ben, does this excite you at all? And uh, yeah. Uh, I'm curious about it. I don't really make it a habit to like go back and rewatch, uh, you know, Marvel movies on a regular basis. It's not really just something that I I do personally, although I know a ton of people do. Um, so I'm I'm more curious about like what this looks like for you know upcoming uh, Disney Plus stuff. If they'll be able to use this technology, you know, on the Mandalorian, for example, or I mean, maybe that's a bad example because I don't really watch that show either. But you know. Um, <laughs> some other uh disney plus project so uh, i'm I'm more curious about it from the technological standpoint than you know the fact that it's actually being applied to these marvel movies that have already come out but um yeah i mean i I, like you loved sitting in the theater and and watching the dark knight and having my mind blown by the that imax uh ratio so uh to be able to replicate that experience at home in you know our a minimized form of course uh sounds cool so yeah I, i like it in in uh theory you know it's weird like what has hap- happened over the course of the last like 10 20 years ben because 
I remember when DVD players came out and like, you know, DVDs were kind of a film geek focused format, kind of like letterbox where you could watch films in widescreen and uh, people like my dad would be like, you're wasting half the screen is black. You can't see the, why isn't it filling the screen? Mm-hmm. And now uh, we all have 16 by nine TVs, which I guess is part of the transition of why everybody is accepting it. But you still have these uh, 2.39 aspect ratio um, movies. So like widescreen. So a Marvel movie won't fill up your 16 by nine screen, but the IMAX ratio is very close to 16 by nine. So um, I don't know. I'm for it. I think. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I, I'm, I'm excited for more of this because there's so many of those big movies being, you know, shot for IMAX. So bring all the movies on IMAX. Just give us, give us the uh, option, I guess, is what mm-hmm. I want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. We, we have, uh, we're running long with this. So I, I, I didn't expect that we were going to talk that long about uh, some of these things. But um, okay, let's talk briefly about Midnight Run, there's a sequel in the works. I don't believe I'm saying that. Ben, tell us about it. Yeah, it's a weird story. So uh, Charles Grodin and Robert De Niro starred in the original 1988 Midnight Run. Uh, Charles Grodin passed away, I think, earlier this year or late last year. Time is just crazy to me right now. I can't remember anything. But um, yeah, now a sequel is in the works. And uh, Robert De Niro is just going to be producing it. So he's not going to be starring in it, which sort of begs the question of like why you would call this a sequel to Midnight Run if it doesn't star either of the two original actors. Uh, but Regina Hall, who was in Girls Trip and she was in uh, The Hate You Give and Support the Girls and uh, Shaft and she was in Nine Perfect Strangers earlier on, on Hulu earlier this year. Uh, she is going to be starring and producing in this movie. So we don't know like who the the other part of the buddy duo is going to be or or uh, I guess anti-buddy in this case duo uh, is going to be in this version of the movie. If it's going to be just a, a straight remake, if it's actually going to tie explicitly into the events of the first film. Um but, is she the uh, daughter of one of the characters? Is that I mean, what they're going? I have no clue. So De Niro played a, uh, I guess, like a, a bounty hunter who was trying to uh, transport Charles Grodin across the country in the first movie. And I, I mean, I only saw the movie for the first time like last year, and uh, and I liked it. I, I didn't love it maybe as much as some people. I feel like there's a there's a contingent of people, especially in like the film Twitter world, who like canonize this movie and think that it is like one of the best movies ever made in the original midnight run. Um, I'm definitely not in that boat, but I, I liked the movie, but uh, yeah, a sequel, um, especially without De Niro sounds just strange to me. What do you think about this? You know, I have, I have an admission. <laughs> oh, you never I saw the never original seen midnight run. It's one of, uh, I guess on, on the list of shame. I don't know why I've never seen it, but I've just never seen it. Uh, the concept of it does seem like it's ripe for a remake though, but I guess this isn't a remake. It's a sequel. Yeah, which is just uh, it's, <laughs> it's a weird thing. Maybe there's something lost in translation wrong, along the way. Maybe it's, it is going to be more of a remake. But um, yeah, bizarre stuff. I guess it's also worth noting that there have actually been sequels before. There, were, uh, there was a straight-to-TV sequel there that was? was called Another Midnight Run that came out like five years after the original. Um, and it, it did not have Robert De Niro in it. Uh, this guy named uh, – who else? Who, who was it? that starred in that one it was um christopher mcdonald the guy who played uh happy gilmore uh, in uh <laughs> in uh or no the guy who played gilmore, shooter the, mcgavin in McGavin. happy gilmore yeah. yeah yeah um 
he, he starred in that version. So, uh, yeah, I guess this is not uh, completely unprecedented, although it's very, very weird. Okay, let's uh, let's step on forward to the main event. This is a, a, a trailer that was released over the weekend. It's for Stranger Things Season 4, or I guess you just call it Stranger Things 4. And, uh, you know, uh, actually, before I give my reaction, Ben, what did you think of the teaser? Uh, it's just so weird, Peter, to, to see these kids so old now. Um, and they, they say very early on in this trailer, like it's been 185 days since 11. Uh, Did you crib my, 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 my note sheet here, Ben? This is exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's the thing that dominates, like, I, you know, I, I love Stranger Things three, season three. Uh, I was a, a big fan of the story. I thought that was a really, really strong um, sort of uh, recovery from uh, I would call it a bumpy second season and so I'm like I love the story of what they're doing here but it's just so distracting to see these kids like you know still supposed to be whatever age they are or or, or supposed to be um, and they're clearly like way way older it's just so so <laughs> weird to see so um, maybe you know in a binge setting it's going to be something that feels weird for the first five or 10 minutes of the, of the first episode. And you'll just sort of settle in and, and it'll be fine. Like you just get used to it, um, which is what I'm hoping happens. But uh, man, it's just, it's so distracting to see. So that's like my primary reaction to this trailer. See, I was going to say it's delightful, by the way, it, or crazy seeing these kids growing up in front of us, kind of like watching the Harry Potter movies, but it didn't even occur to me that you're right. That it has been, let's see, what? Stranger Things season one took place in 1983. And Stranger Things season three took place, uh, I think there was like July 4th. And then at the end of the movie, spoiler for Stranger Things season uh, three, but they moved three months after July 4th. And then it's 185 days later. Uh, checking my math, I think that's like April or May of 1986. So it's been three years since yes. that first. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't work out, Ben. I don't think uh, yeah. <laughs> you, you age that much in three years. Um, but I will say that it, in you know me saying it, it's kind of delightful seeing them age. It's I never thought Eleven looked anything like the character's mother. I mean, or rather, uh, not mother. Um, I, I never thought Eleven looked like uh, Winona Ryder, and oh, yeah. here she looks totally like her. Like oh, that's with the long hair. You don't think so? Uh, I didn't think that, but now that you say yeah. it, I can see the the resemblance. Yeah. And um, uh, what's up with Will's haircut? Why does it keep on getting worse every season <laughs> of the show? <laughs> Yeah, uh, it, that's one of those things that like works fine on a boy, but when you're a young man, I think it just uh, it does not work at all. So, yeah, um, and Mike looks like he's getting much older. He, <laughs> uh, I think this is the first time we, we might be seeing him. And uh, Jonathan is now a California stoner. I think what kind of excites me most about this season is the change of location. As much as I liked Hawkins. Uh, it's cool that they're going someplace else. And that said from this trailer, it doesn't look that different. I would think that they would use California as a setting to kind of change it up quite a bit, but it's aside from the song and some like palm trees and such, it doesn't look 
that much different. Am I right? Or am I, I think you're right. And I, I'm guessing they're, they're sort of holding back, um, the look of, yeah. you know, what, what we can expect a little bit, but, um, I, yeah, I also like the fact that, I mean, we're four years into this or four seasons into this. Uh, we definitely, it feels like we've explored pretty much every relevant corner of Hawkins, this really small town. So yeah, expanding the, the scope of the show, um, is a smart move. Um, and that, you know, if they've got that little surfer boy pizza truck, uh, so that sort of, uh, is that the lens. new ice cream shop? Like the pizza truck? Um, oh yeah. Maybe I, I like the, <laughs> it serves the same purpose kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I, I would not be surprised. And it also looks more like just a, there's a van that they, that can get them around and they can get, get into some trouble, yeah. you know, uh, with that vehicle. Um, I guess I'm kind of saying like, like for like the drive. But. <laughs> yeah. I was kind of saying like for merchandising purposes, because you know that like, uh, what's the ice cream shop's name? Oh yeah. Yeah. It was all the over the place or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But I'm, I'm betting, you know, this summer when this comes out, there's going to be like pop up of, of, of the pizza. You could get, uh, go to Uber eats and get your pizza delivery from this fictional pizza place and all, oh, all yeah. that kind of stuff and get your merch. Um, and this is not coming out until the summer, right? It's coming out. Think, yeah. You I mentioned, right. yeah, Joel, uh, wait, when it just says summer 2022. So there's not an actual date here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is, this is actually even more funny that we brought up this whole age thing, Ben, because this show began filming in February, 2020. So just weeks before the COVID pandemic and production was obviously halted and had to resume uh, September <laughs> and uh, went. So when they do Stranger Things 5, those kids are going to be so much older. Do you think that they're going to do Stranger Things 5? Oh, yeah. They, we've That's talked the about them in the past. Yeah. Like, I wonder if COVID has has like sped up because because of that pause in production you're talking about i i really am curious to see if they like rewrote the fourth season to be the last season of the show um i know that it's it's really big and like they could keep going but i think they're they're really pushing it and i thought they were gonna do i anticipated them doing a, a huge time jump to make up for the real life aging that took place and the fact that they didn't do that uh, is very strange to me. And, and I don't know, I wonder if that's like a, a hint that this could actually be the end of stranger things as we know it. Well, Netflix also did what they have done in the past, like usually around this time or yeah, uh, around like a year before the season comes out where they kind of reveal the episode titles, which fans love because they love to hear these titles and kind of speculate on what it means for the season so episode one was the is the hellfire club episode two is vecina's curse by the way vecina is a dungeons and dragons monster that i'm guessing is gonna be like the big bad of this season Mm -hmm. Uh, episode three is the monster and the superhero episode four is dear billy which i'm guessing is a, a tribute to um Max's older brother, who was sacrificed and fighting the Mind Flayer. Um, episode five, the Nina Project. Episode six, the Dive. Episode seven, the Massacre at Hawkins Lab. 
So it doesn't seem like we're we're completely leaving Hawkins because mm-hmm. it, it mentions that uh, episode eight is Papa. Who could that be, Ben? <laughs> I'm guessing that's Hopper, right? And uh, or Matthew Modine, right? Isn't that what she called the? Oh, uh, well, yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah I, I just assumed it was going to be the reunion between Eleven and Hopper, but it could be. Yeah, uh, and episode nine, the piggyback. What does the piggyback mean? Hmm. I would guess that that's some sort of move that that is orchestrated and, that's and the crane executed. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I don't know what any of these mean. I have not like. I feel like for the first couple seasons, I was like looking at all the trailers and reading all the like speculation, and uh, it's good to just read these titles and not like kind of know this time around. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it, it is anything other than the observations I relayed uh strike you with these titles hmm um well the the curse and the what is it vicina uh Vecina's curse. that sounds vaguely russian to me so and you know that's uh that's where hopper <laughs> is like he's oh yeah he's caught up in this russian prison camp or whatever after being transported across the globe at the end of season three so maybe that's sort of a double meaning with the dungeons and dragons thing and then also uh, having to do with the location where he is or a, a character there or something like that. So I don't know. That's just pure speculation on my part. And sometimes these titles have like nothing to do with what you think they're going to do. So like something like the Nina project, that could very well be like, you know, some government project, or it could just be like the kids are giving Nina a like makeover. Right. <laughs> you know I mean? like, so you, you, you never know. Anyways, we have a bunch of articles speculating on this on Slash Film. I'll, I'll link uh, every, all our coverage of Stranger Things Season 4 in the show notes. Uh, but yeah, so you can find more of all of us at SlashFilm.com. You can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Spotify, all the popular podcast apps. Please feel free to send your feedback, questions, comments, concerns to us at Peter at SlashFilm.com. And please write and read this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Tell your friends, spread the word. We'll see you tomorrow.